0: Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's movies are Evil Speak and Brain Scan. I think they both involve computers. So it's time to upgrade your Windows 10 again. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols, which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted.
1: I mean, we did have to roll through a hurricane like a boss, so... Yeah, it's pretty
2: cool, I guess.
1: (laughs) The first two days were uh, pretty rocky. Pretty rough.
2: So doing that circumstance? Just sitting here, like little room area thing.
1: Well, here's the thing. So usually, if there's a hurricane, it's not a big deal because they just divert the route of the ship and go around the hurricane. The problem was is we were going from Tampa, Florida, to Cozumel, and I don't know if you know where those two places are on the map. But to do that, you kind of have to go through the Gulf of Mexico, and that fucking Hurricane Michael pulled into the Gulf of Mexico and slowed down to seven fucking miles an hour and just sat there for an entire day. So we ended up happening to, like, drop Anger off the uh, the coast of Cuba, and so we didn't get to go to Cozumel.
3: Evil, evil Cuba?
1: Oh, I kind of want to go to Cuba. It looks pretty.
2: It's really nice in Cuba, actually. No, I know. Plus no American tourists, which makes it much more enjoyable for the rest of us. Yeah.
1: Actually, you're wrong now now americans can go
2: there can you go there now yeah
1: well, ever since like the last five years
3: yeah obama opened it up but i'm sure trump will be locking that shit down here pretty soon
1: yeah the funny thing is so if you take a cruise to cuba there's this yeah. stupid thing where they opened it up but you can only go technically go to cuba for educational purposes so if you take a cruise to cuba instead of it going from port to port it pulls into cuba and sits there for two days because the first entire day you have to go on this like educational tour thing in order to justify
2: your trip there. And then the second day they let you go do whatever you want. Oh, I wouldn't be doing that though. It's probably interesting things to learn about the history of Cuba.
1: No, I'm sure. I like that kind of stuff. While we were in Belize, we went and saw some of the Mayan ruins and stuff. That was really cool.
3: I know. There's pictures of you struggling to walk up one.
1: Oh my God. Those (laughs) steps are so fucking big. You don't understand.
3: (laughs) No, I understand. That's why I won't be walking up.
1: Jesus fucking Christ. I only went up like two. And the next day, like, my thighs burned so fucking bad. I, like, it couldn't function. Char went up three. I don't know how the fuck she was walking.
3: Are you talking flights or just steps? steps. No, like, like, no, like, (laughs) no. no.
1: entire buildings.
3: Oh okay. I love the
1: idea that you take two steps <laughs> uh, but some of part, they, were, they <laughs> were explaining it but I guess in the, the Mayan religion it was like uh, considered reverent to have to climb up stairs on your hands and knees so they intentionally make the stairs too big mm. does that make sense
3: uh, yeah for the most part I can, I can understand that I guess yeah, pretty much so, makes you bow down to whatever as you're yeah, coming to yeah. Yeah.
1: So it makes it really fucking hard to get up and down them. And, you know, now they're old and covered in moss and stuff, and you're probably going to break your legs. But Belize was really pretty, although it's very, very, very poor. So that was interesting. Uh, Honduras was pretty, but you didn't actually get to see Hon- Honduras. All you got to see is the little tourist island area. Yeah and they pretty much tell you when you get off the boat they're like do not go into the mainland they will kill you <laughs> they're like if you pull out your cell phone they will stab you and they will take your cell phone seems about right and then the cayman islands is real pretty but it i mean it just kind of looks like america like that makes sense the water <laughs> the water's cleaner the beaches are nicer but it, it looks like florida <laughs>
3: Probably don't want to drink the water though.
1: Uh I don't know. I know I didn't. <laughs> Came, Cayman Islands. I did go. We did go out to like a local restaurant where they do uh, sea to table cuisine. So they actually go out and you watch them catch the fish and bring the fish in and cook it. Hmm. In which that was pretty cool. The fucking cruise ship was awesome. Food was awesome. Pretty much everything about it was awesome. Just those first two days of that boat rocking real bad. That was a bit much. The first day I was okay. The second day of nonstop rocking, I don't get motion sick. And even I was like, son of a bitch, make it stop. (laughs) It's fucking with me. And I figured out the only relief you could get is you'd go up and you'd get in the hot tub, right? And kind of float in the hot tub. Because then is the ships pitching back and forth, you're just floating in the level of water, so you can't feel it anymore. Do
3: <laughs> you have to share it with like three other like hairy guys?
1: Yeah. Uh, the the one I would hang out in, there would usually be people up there, but I was it's called like the Serenity Deck, and you have to be twenty one or older to be there. And unlike most places that have something like that, they enforce it. Hardcore. If a kid takes two steps, there's like five employees over there, like, get the fuck out. Like, you do not belong in this place.
3: And there was like, yeah. Yeah,
1: fuck those kids.
3: Get off my rotted lawn.
1: Water slide on the ship. There was three different pools, so the pools were like, they were busy, but they weren't like overcrowded.
3: So, no pirates. Yeah. Other dis- than me. That's disappointing.
2: No sharks or anything cool like that.
1: Uh, Actually, I did see a bunch of sharks. Oh, (laughs) the restaurant uh, where we did the farm-to-table thing—they have a fish market next to it where they're sitting there, you know, slicing up stuff for locals to come and buy it. Well, they're taking all those fish guts and just throwing them in the water next to it, and so there's like six sharks, like just chilling right there, just in a circle because they were just snatching up all the fish guts. It was really cool. What kind of sharks do you know? Um, I don't know. They were pretty
3: small. Oh, well, that's boring. No great whites, no hammerheads. Come on.
1: No, no. I saw some dolphins out in the ocean. That was pretty cool. They kind of like were following the ship.
2: Yeah. They're not going to eat anybody, so that's not fun.
1: No, no. I, I, didn't, the- I didn't have any issues. Some of the people I was talking to in the hot tub got... Uh, on one of the scuba trips that they took apparently swam into a mess of jellyfish and got stunned the shit out of
3: them. Now, yeah, yeah, but dolphins can rape people, Doug. And That's since true. it's dolphins raping people, that makes it hilarious.
1: Yeah. Dolphins are the monsters of the sea. <laughs> and they're racists. Sea racists.
3: So, no pirates. The boat didn't almost sink. Nope. That's boring. That's the most boring trip I've ever heard.
2: Of. Why are you even telling
1: us about this, then? The comedians were really awesome.
3: Yeah, you rattled off their names. I've never heard of them, so they can't be that funny.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: we, refuse like...
2: to, we refuse to be happy about your vacation.
1: <laughs> well, One, one was uh, Tom from the Bob and Tom show. I
3: hate the Bob and Tom show.
2: Yeah, but he was pretty funny.
3: Yeah, but he's from the Bob and Tom show, so probably not. I have
2: not listened to the Bob and Tom show in quite some time.
3: Me neither, since I was in high school, because I listened to it for like 10 minutes. I'm like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I never yeah, turned I'm, it back I'm tr-
1: on. I'm turning it to 97 <laughs> QLC.
3: <laughs> I hope they invent podcasts so I can just listen to that and won't have to listen to this garbage no more.
1: <laughs> but no, like I said, it was. A, I thought it was fun. I liked everything about it i'm probably i'm definitely gonna do it again
3: all right well what are we doing the uh midnight drive-in cruise Ooh, people see, show up watch good. movies
2: do a thing where all the listeners get together and meet today i was looking at uh theme cruises because i
1: was like i bet those theme cruises are real fucking cool and i cannot afford to do that <laughs> i was like oh there's a star trek one two thousand dollars for cheap seats basically
3: so This is how we make our money. We start a midnight driving cruise, and we uh, get on for free. Yeah.
2: Yep, it's like six of us on the boat. I did. Huh. I didn't know this. We didn't pay, all. so we're not allowed to eat. <laughs> Walker Walker Stalker Con
1: every year does a Walker Stalker cruise, mm-hmm. and it's a thousand dollars a person for like a three day cruise, which that's expensive.
3: <clears throat> right now, Chris Jericho has a cruise
1: do you have to listen to his fucking band
3: no it's just all wrestling based good let's see how much is it i'm curious jericho's rockin' wrestling rager at sea maybe you do have to listen to his band
2: no <laughs> I can't make you listen to the band cruise trips are pretty big you can hide at the other side
3: let's it's see true. what's the pricing
2: if, he,
1: if he's playing on the lido deck then you like can't get away from it <laughs> well,
3: I mean, if you get an interior room, uh, it's here on deck ten. It's eight hundred dollars per person. On deck ten.
1: Yeah, that's
3: not bad. Uh, it says it's an interior room.
1: Yeah, that's that doesn't mean anything.
3: If you want a porthole room, it's like eight fifty. Yeah. Ocean be, is, to be able to see. Ocean view is nine fifty. But how long is this cruise? 27th through
2: the 31st. So, three day. Yeah. Plus, there's going to be fees and shit on that. Oh, yeah.
1: Usually, whenever they list them like that, the fees are included. And some of those, the Grats included already, too.
3: Okay, I'm looking at, like, an interior room. This looks like... It's, like, smaller than a studio apartment. It's like, Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're tiny.
3: It's literally just a bed with like two inches of walk room on either side of it. Yeah, but you don't spend any time in your room. <laughs> Unless you're in a hurricane, then you have to go to your room. No. I
1: heard you sit in the hot tub. The,
3: I was getting ready to say, this ship's
1: fucking gigantic. And 90% of it's indoors.
3: Until it starts sinking and then you're fucked.
1: I mean, my ship had like a full-on theater, a uh, comedy club, four nightclubs, like a bunch of lounge areas, restaurants. See, There's what, all mu- of shit to
3: do. what musical guests we got? Fozzie.
2: You know it's Fozzie. Fozzie, night two, Fozzie, night three. Uh, Fozzie.
3: Corey Taylor, Slipknot. Oh yeah. Fo- Fozzie, of course. <laughs> Bill Campbell and the Bastard Sons Uh, Cherry Bombs which all look like strippers That sounds good The Stir uh, King with a Y Uh, Shoot to Thrill which looks like an all-girl ACDC cover band Uh, Blizzard of Ozzy which I'm going to assume is an Ozzy cover band Seems reasonable Dave Spivak Project I don't know who that is and pop a buck. Don't know who that is. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, I guess first up. Which one are we doing first? Uh, why don't you tell us about Evil Speak?
1: Uh, okay. So, do, do you want the, the full version or the incredibly easy to explain version?
3: Why don't you go for the full version? We got to make up some time. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> well, how about I start with the easy version and then we'll expand? Okay. It's Carrie for nerdy dudes.
3: You're not wrong.
1: Eh. I mean, it's got the almost identical kind of structure to it. It's They're similar movies in a lot of fucking ways. This one has more decapitation. I would say, yeah, in, in some ways, Evil Speak is superior to Carrie, and Carrie's a really good horror movie.
2: <laughs> I don't know if I would go there, but all right. <laughs> we'll get there.
1: Okay, so uh, Clint Howard plays uh, Cooper. Is it Cooper Smith?
3: Uh, I believe his title is America's Sweetheart, Clint Howard.
1: Yeah, America's Sweetheart, Clint Howard. Thank um, you. Who, who uh, because this this will make hilarious sense later, they go out of their way to make him look uh, not Clint Howard-y through most of the movie. <laughs> like... Which is fucked up. It'll be fucked up at the end. But uh, he is a student at a military uh, boarding school and he is a charity case. His parents died so he was kind of like a pity acceptance of some kind. Some kind of uh, liberal bullshit got him into the school if you know what I'm saying. All the other kids dislike him because he's not good at soccer so fuck him. Let's fuck his whole life up.
3: <laughs> I was going to say, it seems like most of the other students, except for one, just, the entire school is just filled with a bunch of dicks.
1: Well, it's so funny. What if, Somebody I was talking to was like, it's so unrealistic. People w- don't act like that. And I was like, bullshit, you were in high school. <laughs> like, not being good at soccer is enough for them to destroy your whole fucking life and get you to
2: kill yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just so we're clear, what happens in the opening scene of the movie is he's kicking the soccer ball. He does it wrong. I, don't, I assume because I don't understand enough about soccer to know if it's right or wrong. <laughs> the other guy comes over, spends like five minutes yelling at him and screaming at him while the soccer game continues around them. And then when the opposing team scores,
0: they, they all act them. like
2: it's only Clint Howard's fault. And it's like, well, wait a minute. I'm pretty sure that other guy was supposed to be playing soccer instead of yelling at Clint Howard. <laughs> he should have been over there doing something else
1: so so they begin to wage a war of torment against him
2: Yeah, uh, it turns out that
1: most of his teachers and the commandant and the principal and all those fucking assholes aren't much fucking better because they're snobby prep school mm-hmm. douchebags
3: yeah they basically say that they're locked into making him to letting him play because that's the school's uh, stance that everybody who plays sports has to play they can't ride the bench.
1: Yep. So, uh, so between tormenting him and stuff, he also gets demerited into happening to clean the basement of the uh, school, which the uh, as we found out at the very beginning of the movie, uh, Bull Tannen <laughs> let a cult there.
3: <laughs> uh, that's a that's a night court reference for all you people yeah. who are involved as, as we are.
2: Right. Was that Richard Mull playing that part? Yeah. Oh, yes, it it was. Was. oh my god. Didn't yeah. recognize him with hair, <laughs> and he was
3: Esteban.
1: <laughs> I feel yeah. like you guys didn't get my hilarious Esteban commercial joke.
3: I hadn't watched it, so I completely forgot that his name was Esteban.
1: <laughs> that not only is his name Esteban, but you see the name Esteban
2: more.
3: Uh, I'm guessing Noah would have said a lot at that point.
2: Yeah, that's probably Big. the kind of thing he would have.
3: Oh, there, there's Noah. Noah's back.
1: <coughs> Did I just cut out again? God yep. fucking damn
3: it. <laughs> You're about to say that es- you see the name Esteban.
1: <laughs> I, I said you see the name Esteban in this movie more times than they say the name Michael in the Lost Boys. <laughs> Which uh, is a lot. Uh, One of us, Michael. Come with us, Michael. Let's
3: maggots, Michael. Michael. How are you enjoying your worms,
1: Michael? But, uh... So while uh, cleaning out the basement he finds uh, Esteban's hidden chapel library Satan room. I don't know. <laughs> I word think that's for what it. it said on the sign. <laughs> yeah, I know. that's that's the best description I have which he cleverly hides behind like a chalkboard with a fucking rag over it.
2: Hey, lover hey. find this. It lasted like 500 years. <laughs> right. Nobody moved that chalkboard for 500 years. That's pretty good. Uh,
1: he finds a book, starts uh, reading it. Luckily, he's taking Latin classes, and instead of using his Latin skills, he makes a computer program that can translate Latin? <laughs> In which, if he can like make a program that translates the Latin, can't he just translate the Latin? <laughs> I don't know, either fucking way. Let's move on.
2: It's the 80s. Computers were cool, man.
1: Yeah. So uh, he does get penny taken on him by the greasy, weird chef guy at the school who, besides (laughs) him and the, uh, the one black student at the school, they're like the only two human beings. Everybody else
2: is just some rich cocksucker that's out to fucking ruin everyone's lives. Did you guys think that there was they were trying to put social commentary in this movie by having like the reject and the black kid kind of could understand each other's plights cuz they were both not welcome there?
3: I'm just saying it's the 80s they were probably both charity cases. Yeah. Uh you forgot sorry. to mention that Bubba, the main antagonist, will say is uh Bob the neighbor from that 70s show.
1: Is that who that fucking is? Holy shit, I thought he looked familiar, and I would have never fucking stuck that together. Weird. (laughs) Oh, man, now I'm totally fucking distracted. Hold on. (laughs) Uh,
3: Just blew Noah's mind.
1: Uh, So the chef ends up giving him a puppy.
3: I believe his real name is the shirtless chef.
1: okay the
2: shirtless greasy (laughs) chef it's It's so so fucking weird that he serves the food with no shirt on yeah it's it's weird
3: which i commented for you guys (laughs) in our chat that it's like look i'm just saying if the shirtless chef says hey do you want (laughs) to see something and nods to the (laughs) back room your answer is always no
2: it was the 80s as per our discussion on last (laughs) week's program (laughs) Kids could just be friends with creepy adults back in the '80s, and it was just acceptable. So. I don't know, but you
1: know, generally, in a horror movie,
2: in a setting like this, that
1: that creepy chef's going to try to fuck that kid. <laughs> like that's generally the way this
2: works. Like, what, horror, what movies are you watching? It's rare for a chef to try to fuck a kid in the movie. Uh,
3: <laughs> way camp, wake camp.
2: Yeah. Okay.
3: He, he calls them baldies. I, d-
2: I didn't Whoa. say unheard of. I said
3: <laughs> <whir>. <laughs>
1: No, there's there's several because there's also ones that take places in uh, like insane asylums, and there's always like the creepy janitor that's trying to.
2: Fuck uh, we're talking about creepy chefs not creepy genders.
1: <laughs> i'm saying in general there is always some person who works at the place that's always being real fucking inappropriate but anyways he gives clint howard the uh cute puppy mm-hmm. uh, who he then takes down to satan room because that's a good place for, <laughs> okay, to well he's not
3: supposed there. to have it so he knows nobody will find it in the satan room
1: uh, he also somehow, like, steals an entire fucking computer setup and puts it down there, mm-hmm. in which of all the things that don't make sense, those computers in the 80s were outrageously fucking expensive. He is not stealing one of those computers that nobody fucking notices.
3: And also using, like, a fucking wheelbarrow <laughs> to carry it down there?
1: Yeah, yeah, Exactly. Uh, so he decides to, uh, punch all of the Satan books into the computer, and the computer, like, uses a program to figure out rituals, I, I guess? Like, yeah. is that what you guys got from this? It's, it's like he doesn't even do anything. He just, like, types a bunch of Satan shit into it, and it's like, okay, collect the
2: following ingredients and say these words. Yeah, so, yeah I sort of took it as, like, when he started... Type in certain things in that it the book kind of possessed the computer, maybe mm-hmm. like that, like that episode of Buffy where they scanned a demon into the computer. Yeah. I thought it was the same sort of deal.
1: Yep, so uh, things continue to get worse for him. People are even more bastards. Eventually, the weird asshole drunk guy that lives in the basement finds his Satan room, and the computer breaks his neck somehow, even though the ritual is not complete. I'm not sure what's going on there, but let's roll with it. <laughs> All right. uh, the computer is very upset that he doesn't have a Jesus cracker and some blood <laughs>
3: That's
1: what it's really waiting for Jesus cracker and blood Um. shit continues to get bad the asshole kids find his room and are having a weird drunken party down there and brutally murder the puppy Because Uh, god damn it we
3: can't John Wick was right. Yep.
1: Animal. Really
3: sad. We lost the again.
1: God damn it. (laughs) Did it It cut out before or after I said kill the puppy?
3: You said kill the puppy and then silence.
1: I do believe I said and because we can't have a goddamn movie with a cute animal in it that's a horror movie but they don't murder.
3: Yeah. And I said John Wick was right. Yeah. Everybody should be killed.
1: Well, yeah, that's it. In the, in these fucking movies, they've already done a good enough job of justifying that all these prep school kids deserve to die. Like, you don't need to kill the puppy. Like, you we're, no, we're already you on
2: board. We want them have all to, to die. You have to create motivation for Clint Howard's character, though. So the proper <clears> description of <throat> this movie really is John Wick meets Carrie. True.
1: <laughs> also true. Um. So,
2: uh.
1: He's down there. He gets all bent out of shape. Once his face, one of the teachers comes in, and Clint Howard goes all fucking Incredible Hulk on his ass, like throws him into a spiked ceiling. Like this is really fucking cool. Uh, and then uh, we get the finale, which is basically a carry with a broadsword. Yep. And the way they make Clint Howard look possessed and dangerous. It's by making him look like slightly dirty Clint Howard.
2: Yeah, for, for all intents and purposes, it's like they take the makeup off to make him look crazy. Yeah, which is which is fucked up. Come on. Like, just look. <laughs> but it's pretty effective. Yeah. They give him sort of the same hair he had in, uh, <laughs> in The Wraith.
3: The Wraith, yeah. That's what I thought, too.
2: <laughs> which I think is just his normal hair. I think it's just how you comb it. <laughs> Yeah, but I'll, t- I'll I'll tell you what.
1: Out of out of all the uh, deaths in this movie, man, that first yeah, or,
3: like, comes
1: hope. straight down on the dude's head. Oh, god, fucking damn it!
3: <laughs> <laughs> so the first death in the finale is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, the first death in the finale where yeah. he's like flying and he uh, he does the downward stroke with the broadsword and like yeah. basically explodes the
2: dude's head. Yeah. Man, that's a good one. Pretty much everything after he picks up that broadsword is awesome. <laughs> Oh yeah, necessary.
1: we f- I forgot to mention. Uh, Chick Chick gets murdered in the shower by a bunch of pigs. That's pretty yeah. sweet
3: too. There's a subplot with this book, yeah, that he finds that the receptionist in the office steals it
2: for some reason.
3: And then every time she sort of messes with it, the pigs on the on the because I guess they have a little <laughs> farm at the school. The pigs go crazy, especially while Clint Howard's trying to feed them. And then, uh, yeah, she like cuts her finger on it and so of course the pigs like flooded to her home and eat her in the bathtub
2: it's weird it feels to me like they added that entire subplot because it's it's like the longest ever just excuse to have a nude scene they were like what this whole movie takes place at an all boys school <laughs> we, we have no choice but to edit in an entire subplot about the secretary just so we could follow her home to the shower one night
1: Oh yeah, I feel like they needed a lot of filler because I also feel like with the computer stuff they kept being like hey can you, make a, can you make that computer make some cool Satan-y stuff on it? And they're like yeah, like, yeah, we can make it, like, make a star, and then it can make, like, a pillar of stars or something and rotate. And they're like, yeah, that's cool. Uh, can that say Esteban 35 times as well as doing that? like, yeah, I guess. And they're like, okay, cool. How about an upside-down cross? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, can it say, like, Esteban, like, 25 four times?
2: Keep in cool. mind, this was 1981. Do you know wow. how high tech that computer was? And how hard it was to create those effects of having a star open on the screen?
3: Why does your guy sound like a team star from Jersey, by the way?
2: Because that, that's all I can imagine. Who, who else is the asshole
1: that's doing that?
3: <laughs> uh,
1: it's not Lord. some high art guy. It's not some dude with a French accent being like, yes, and now it will say. Esteban, 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 Esteban. I will rise again. Esteban, Esteban, Esteban,
3: Esteban. <laughs> so, computer graphics, uh, five out of five.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I like that stuff. It's just, it just, it's weird how much of a refrain it is after the first twenty minutes of the movie. They're like, let's show the computer again. What's it going to do this time? I don't know. Some squiggly lines and Esteban. I don't think they understand that it's Esteban that is uh, really initiating what's going
2: on here. Oh, I don't (laughs) think anybody understands. I don't think anybody understands what's going on in this movie at all, including all of us, right? Like, (laughs) none of it really makes sense.
3: (laughs) Uh, The computer reads some Latin and then... uh... Needs to bring back Esteban, and that's pretty much about it.
2: That's and you're you're trying to pass that off as making sense.
3: No, I'm not saying it makes sense. Okay. I'm just saying that's what <laughs> right,
2: Fair enough. Listen, it makes enough sense for what needs to happen in this movie.
3: So, so I guess Noah, what did you think of this movie? uh It's awesome. <laughs> is this is your first time watch. uh you know what? I was thinking I had seen
1: it before, but I don't think I had. But yeah, yeah, it was it was really fucking cool. Like I said, it's kind of like uh, a. A gory cheaper carry and I and I dig that. <laughs> like because I like carrier carry
2: and I like uh, gory and cheap, so.
3: Mm. so what about you, Doug?
2: Um Okay, so the finale is awesome. Okay. <laughs> Once he pulls out that broadsword, that's great. <laughs> the opening sequence is objectively terrible, but it ends with the best edit I've ever seen in my life where the guy who apparently was played by Bull Shannon (laughs) swings a broadsword at somebody's head, it pops off, flash cut to a soccer ball flying through the air. (laughs) And it's great. A lot of the stuff in between there, objectively bad. Just really kind of like stereotypical high school bully stuff done poorly. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Like like I said, I think it's got the carry formula. I'm okay with it. Like I feel like they really rubbed it in a little bit too hard. I think they overestimated what it would take to get us to hate the prep school kids. And I mean they're prep school kids. So I hate them from the beginning of the movie before they've done
2: anything. <laughs> I think the biggest problem is well first of all they're not acting properly, right? So, for example, this is supposed to be a military school, but they have the typical 80s high school group of bullies. There's always one fat one. And they have that here, and you're going, but that doesn't make any sense. Because, first of all, why is a fat guy good at soccer? And second of all, like, they're supposed to be military cadets. Like, they make them stay in shape. That's kind of the deal, right? So to, there's there were issues like that. But there was, the biggest thing was just it all felt like filler when every scene of them bullying just felt like filler. It's like we, we got enough of, we got the message of what that they were trying to send from the opening soccer game, and everything else just felt added in to drag this to the feature length time. But again, Broadsword. So
3: <laughs>
1: I, can't, I can't say
2: I didn't enjoy myself at times.
1: Bro- broadsword and Evil Pig's. Something really great about evil pigs in
3: a movie. Yeah, Evil Pigs is good. Um, I thought the dude dude was uh was it Sarge? I don't know, the drunken guy that lives in the basement yeah. for some reason. <laughs> his head snaps around and breaks, I thought it was pretty good.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there there were some cool visuals in the movie. Mm. Um I, I actually thought the visual there's a random scene where the he's down in his like church Satan room and The bully kids show up all wearing like animal costumes and I didn't understand why they were animal I didn't know what was going on in the scene and I didn't know why anyone was wearing costumes but visually it did look cool I feel like that's kind of the they probably had the idea for certain scenes like that and for the the climax and they're just like fill in a bunch of stuff until it's long enough to be a movie
3: um so this is my second time watching it i will say that i thought uh it was a little long in the middle um but maybe that's just because i knew the broadsword was coming up so i'm just like all right let's move this along let's get to the uh to the part where he just murders everybody um but overall still that. still enjoyed it still thought it was pretty good um yeah i don't know broadsword
2: <laughs> the, the review of this movie seems to involve the use of the word broadsword repeatedly. Uh, I'm
1: flying Clint Howard wielding a broadsword. That's a solid point.
2: A solid Come, on point. Come on, children.
3: Noah's, Noah's new D&D character is going to be flying Howard, Clint Howard with, with the broadsword.
2: You know what? I might name my next D&D character Clint Howard just to, just to do it. It's flying Clint Howard with his the Wraith hair and a (laughs) broadsword. Yeah, like, that climax is amazing. I would definitely say, like, I think people should probably watch this movie through once to get that climax. Um, It's well worth it. It's just, there is a lot of that stuff in the middle where it's like, maybe have your phone handy for the for all these different scenes of them bullying him like they tie his clothes up in knots I'm like I don't care if his clothes are tied in knots that doesn't change my day at all
3: the one problem I had which tell me if I'm wrong Uh, so Clint Howard's out feeding uh, the pigs and they go crazy due to book shenanigans Okay,
2: I didn't even understand that that's why they went crazy
3: yeah cause every time she would mess with the book like the pigs would start
2: going crazy I thought they were just paying tribute to young guns from when Billy had to feed the pigs
3: <laughs> uh, so of course Clint Howard falls and gets like pretty much just looks like he got submerged in mud he gets, he
1: gets pig shitted
3: yeah so then he comes back to his dorm and everybody's like oh my god like you stink whoo that's horrible and then he goes and lays down on his own bed yeah I'm just like, what are you doing? That's not even... No, that's not a good idea. And they they break his
1: super dope uh, uh, model-sized catapult that he built from scratch.
2: That's some bullshit. <laughs> I do have to say, Brian, I I noticed what you're talking about, and I also noticed that none of the mud gets on the bed because they just didn't have special, the good enough special effects budget to use real mud, so it must have been some kind of fake mud. <laughs>
1: Oh, so, bother me. We cannot afford mud. We only have cans of old paint. <laughs>
3: paint them up.
2: I like how the director went from the Jersey guy to that <laughs> European accent you just did. I think I'm European. No, prop guy, old Russian guy.
3: <laughs> now I gotta see. Now I gotta see. What the ethnicity is of the people who work on this movie? Wait
2: till you find out that the director. It's going to get an episode get, of Joe Bob's drive it
3: Oh, really?
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, Eric Weston. is
1: going to get weird. Be way too accurate.
3: Eric Weston. Sounds uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> he's only directed ten things, and one of them was uh, an episode of Joe Bob's Theater. Although do you think they did evil speak and maybe that's why he got a credit?
2: Oh maybe. well it could be it. It does say archive footage in brackets. Yeah.
3: Evil speak, Martin and Teague, Iron the Iron Triangle. What the fuck is this?
2: That sounds like a really, really complicated sex position to me that I don't want to know.
3: Uh, it's a Vietnam movie. I should do that. He must have like a military thing.
2: Well, it, and serve Iron Triangle, and that, that stuff was all made in like the late '80s, early '90s, when every movie had a military angle to it.
3: <laughs> but apparently, like seven years ago, you made a movie called Hyenas.
2: Yeah, we're gonna add that to our list.
3: Roving clans of shape-shifting human hyena creatures prowl and hunt for human prey.
2: So yeah, told hun- we're adding it. Told you we were <laughs> adding it to our list.
3: They are hunted by one man seeking revenge for the death of his loved one.
2: <laughs>
3: uh, and not only that, but uh, Mannequin's own Meshack Taylor plays a guy nice. named called Crazy Briggs. Awesome. Alright, well, look forward to our hyenas episode. Um, yeah, Sh- I don't know.
2: Did you say, wait, did you say shape-shifting hyenas? shape
3: shape-shifting human-hyena hybrids, yes. So they're people and they shapeshift into hyenas.
2: So here's here's what I take from this, is that Evil Speak from 81 inspired a Buffy uh, season 2 episode where they scanned a demon into
3: the machine. <laughs> yeah. But then a
2: Buffy season 2 episode about hyenas inspired this guy to go. So this guy's career went full circle to inspiring Buffy to ripping off Buffy because they had the hyenas uh, possessing people
3: that a season two? I thought that was a season one.
2: I uh, could be off, but my guess is two, because it's a pretty good episode. Season one didn't have a lot of good episodes.
3: Oh uh, nope, season one, episode six. All right, up the pack. Because that's when they kill off the principal, and then uh, yeah, what's his face? The new principal shows up. Yeah. All right. Uh, so evil speak. I guess we'll say positive reviews
2: yeah you guys are a little more positive on it than i think it's like degrees of positivity um certainly certainly everybody should watch that climax
3: <laughs>
2: and if anybody ever asks me again why i don't watch the oscars it's because this didn't win one for editing for that opening shot
3: <laughs> yeah yeah we talked about him cutting the head off but we should mention the top was woman sitting in front of him And then, yeah, chops her head off. Cut to soccer ball.
2: It's amazing. And they're all speaking like, is it Spanish? They're all speaking at the beginning there, too. So it's like they cut from Spanish execution to a Spanish sport. Sure. did Did you guys read the trivia
1: on this one?
3: I did, but I don't remember anything.
1: Uh, it's all, you know, there's all the usual trivia stuff, but my favorite one is it says, according to Colin Howard, one night after shooting a scene, he drove home while still wearing his bloody cadet outfit, and he stopped at a traffic light and noticed a woman in another car staring at him. <laughs> so he smiled real big at her, and he said she locked all those doors over doors.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: in the interest of fairness, if you were driving down the street, you stopped your car at a red light looked over and saw Clint Howard, you probably lock all your doors
1: well i wouldn't i would be all excited but i could imagine a normal person who doesn't know who clint howard is covered in blood
2: yeah
3: uh, poor clint howard <coughs> like he got all the worst all the worst uh physical genes in that family
1: <laughs> well, you yeah, know well, it's all right run run howard is slowly turning into
2: Get yeah what's know. weird about Clint Howard is that he looked like this at such a young age Yeah, he looks like somebody who was like a normal looking dude but you're like ooh that red hair that doesn't bode well for when you get old and then when you get, you, they get old they become horrible looking and he just started out that way <laughs> uh,
3: alright um, so we're going to follow that up with 1994's brain scan Starring one, Edward Furlong. Uh, I think this was his big movie after uh, Terminator 2.
2: It was. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's his next movie after Terminator 2. Let's put it that way.
3: <laughs> I'm curious. i got to make sure I'm...
1: Well, I remember... Uh, I, I know Brain didn't do uh, a lot, but before it came out, Fangoria and stuff were all
2: pushing it real fucking hard.
3: Uh, actually, Pet Cemetery was the movie he did immediately after Terminator 2.
2: In Pet Cemetery 2,
3: yeah, yeah. And then a movie called American Heart, and then Home of Our Own. I don't know; they sound dumb. And then he was on the Living on the Edge video for Aerosmith, and then yeah, yeah. Um So he stars as a kid, Michael, who we see from the beginning uh, was in a very bad car accident when he was younger. Uh, it is believed that his mom died during this accident, and he's been having nightmares, and we see that he has uh, scars on his leg, so he walks with a limp. Um, but him and his friend Kyle seem to sort of be the, uh, the rejects at school, if you see a theme going here. Uh, they're really into like horror movies and video games and stuff like that, but weirdly, there's not really a tone of, like, bullying in this movie, which I'm kind of surprised by now that I'm thinking about it.
2: No, because they have, like, even a scene where they're in their horror club, and it's quite a large and diverse group of students that have signed up for the horror club.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so uh, his friend Kyle tells him about this game called Brain Scan, and that it's an advertisement on the back of a Fangoria magazine in case you weren't drawn in enough by the horror stuff um and it's supposed to be the ultimate experience and terror so he ends up uh he ends up ordering it um puts the disc in you have to call like this 1-800 number and i want to say i saw this like on cable all the time when i was younger and i was so jealous of his computer setup
1: oh yeah, yeah it's a little, little ego resistant
3: yes that was like the coolest thing i'd ever seen and i was so jealous that i wish i had some sort of computer that would i could tell it to call somebody and it would respond to me and would call people and do things i tell it to
2: that's pretty much all it does but
3: yeah and now we live in the future and pretty much everybody has
2: that in their pocket so yeah at that time, though, this was like the horror version of Ferris Bueller's bedroom where you're just like super jealous of all the high tech stuff he's got.
3: Yeah. It was amazing. And it was like, oh, the phone would ring and the little Igor guy would pop up and he'd be like, Kyle's calling. I'm like, how cool is that? It pops up, tells you who's calling, and then has pictures of him. This is amazing. Like I said, yeah, cutscene. Now that's just, nobody even programs their phone to do that anymore. Uh,. So he puts this game in, um, it kind of zaps him, and then you're supposed to be playing as like a killer, and so you're seeing, like from a first person point of view, uh, him stalking into someone's house, and then finding them in their bedroom, (laughs) killing them, and then cutting a foot off to take as a trophy, and then escaping, and the whole time there's like a sort of a narrator going over, like, yeah, yeah, do this, do that, whatever. Um. so cut back and he is he wakes up from it and he's like oh my god this was amazing this is the best game ever awesome uh, cut to the next day we find out there has been a murder in this neighborhood and of course it is 100% from him killing this guy yeah. Uh. so he wants to get out of it but then the uh, he calls the I don't know the one eight hundred number, and we get a person who climbs out of his TV digitally, who is now sort of like a uh, I don't even want to call him like uh, I don't know he's like a mascot I guess he's just this weird <laughs> looking guy sort of he's
2: a weird combination of Freddy Krueger and the Cat in the Hat
3: yeah that's a good way to put it. Who basically tells him he can't stop playing because there's four discs, and they all come separately, that he can't stop playing because there was a witness who saw him kill some kill that guy, so he can't can't stop playing, so he keeps going, and then as he's going, he just gets more and more like pulled into this weird uh <laughs> video game where the video game takes him over stuff happens. And then, of course, they tell him, oh, well, you can't stop playing because this happened, or that happened, you need to get rid of this evidence. And he just gets sucked into it. Um, so what did everybody think of Brain Scan? What did you think, Doug?
2: Um, okay, so opposite of the other movie where I was kind of enjoying this one, but the ending is bullshit, you skipped the ending in your description. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs>
3: yeah we get to the end we find out it's the whole, the whole movie was a part of the game it was never
2: none of the murders happened Yeah, the you know the police detective that they obviously wanted to get Christopher Lee to play but they couldn't so they got Franklin Jello to do it instead <laughs> um, he was not he's not a real person Yeah, uh, there was just yeah and I mean a lot of my smaller complaints that I had are kind of wiped out by that reveal at the end because one of the things that really bugged me was that um, the every time he logs into the game, it's a completely different scenario. Like he, so the first time that he goes in, he's like it's like it's like playing an eight, uh, a VR video game right? Like he's just walking around seeing things first person doing things and then he later finds out that those things really happened. Uh, the second time he logs in, he blacks out and wakes up not knowing what happens and then the third time he logs in and then just proceeds to get up out of his chair and walk around and do things like normal as if the game didn't exist so like that, those inconsistencies were really bugging me but mm. um, those I guess are wiped out by the fact that that was all internal to the game yeah. so, and there were a lot of dialogue problems I had in the movie too that again I guess the game just it was 1994 game technology trying to come up with dialogue so that's what the problem was <laughs> Now, like with that, I have to say I was having fun watching this movie. Like, I, The Trickster, the guy, which is the guy that pops out of the TV, mm-hmm. he was funny at times and creepy at other times, and I don't know why that combination was working, but it was for me. Um, Edward Furlong was fine. Like, I, In my mind, this was a 1994 direct-to-video movie because I don't think anybody saw it in theaters, so <laughs> I, I, by that standard, decent enough performance like uh,
3: I I noticed some of this stuff was really really stiff but yeah it's also Edward Furlong so
2: yeah I guess I mean um, I thought the kill scenes were like the when the movie decided to go dark so that opening flashback to the accident with his mom the -hmm. first kill scene chops off the foot like those moments were really well executed I thought like they were very dark and gory, in that like realistic gore kind of way, not like a fun gore kind of way. Like where you, you were genuinely like kind of bothered by watching it, which is hard to pull off. So I thought, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I say, it's. It, I was so pissed off. Like I just finished watching it, like ten minutes before we stopped for rec- we started recording. So mm. like I'm still a little pissed off about the ending.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it, I can't say I didn't have fun watching the movie and watching that weird guy with the giant red hair dance around, which is kind of what I liked with the last movie too. Now that I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know.
3: Yeah. I was sort of the same way as, Cause I used to watch this on cable all the time when I was like 15, 14, 15. Um, so I remember really enjoying it, but then I haven't seen it since high school. So I was worried it wasn't going to hold up. And for the most part like it was okay like uh like you said the the murder scene at the beginning was pretty good but then yeah the second time he blacks out so we don't even get to see anything there and then the third one he was supposed to go destroy some evidence and that whole scenario was kind of
2: yeah that whole scenario makes no no damn sense whatsoever because there's like a this it's this small towns so they've put together like a neighborhood watch, but then it turns into the neighborhood watches chasing him through the woods. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Well, none of that. But then again, I just kinda go, Well, yeah, but it's all wiped out by that ending. Yeah. So it's kind of like my all my nitpicks went away with an <laughs> ending, but the ending bugged me more than the nitpicks did. So
3: Yeah, so I was I was sort of the same way. I was like it was okay, like that stuff was alright. And then there was some small things like the neighborhood watch stuff that I was like, Well this is kinda dumb. Um, but then, yeah, the ending completely did not work for me. I'm just like, oh, this is a pseudo happy ending. Like this is, this is dumb.
2: And then, and then, okay. So after the reveal, then the big thing is he goes next door and talks to the girl that he likes through the whole movie that he wasn't talking to because he was busy killing people. Mm -hmm. And that whole thing was just fucking painful to watch (laughs) (laughs) where he's like, he, he like asks her out and she's like, Oh, let me think about it. And he's like, so you'll think about it then. And then she kisses and I'm just like, Holy fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's yeah. Like,
3: yeah. Uh, so no, what what did you think?
1: Uh, the, the, I think brain scan has one major problem and a few minor problems. And the major problem is, uh, Edward Furlong is a fucking charisma vacuum.
3: <laughs> I don't disagree with you in this movie, but I also yeah. feel like that's kind of was his character anyway.
1: Yeah, I that think... He
3: bummed people out when they had to hang out with him, so he didn't have any friends except for that Kyle guy.
1: Yeah, but, like, man, ed, he's just... Edward. Ed, d, d, there's a lot of movies with Edward Furlong in them that I like. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those I like them because they're bad movies and I enjoy bad movies. But unlike a lot of B-movie actors that I really get into, Edward Furlong is a bad actor. He just is. Like, he's not a good actor. And the movies that he's in that are good are good in spite of him being in them, not because... Like he's just not a good actor. I mean, I don't, I don't, I never could fucking understand how he kept getting jobs.
2: His performance in American History X was pretty good.
1: Yeah, I mean, American, it, it was fine, and like his performance in T Two is fine as as the obnoxious kid. But I mean, I I think in both those movies he's playing a douchebag, and I think he is a douchebag. So I don't think he was acting in those two movies.
3: Well, one person that will agree with you is the director of this movie. Yeah,
2: Yeah. they did not get along.
3: They did not get along whatsoever. He said he had to pretty much slap him awake every morning. And that uh, he thought Edward Furlong was a terrible actor.
1: Yeah, but you have, you know, and then you've got people like uh, Franklin Jella and uh, T. Ryder Smith in this movie who fucking just, you know, were full bore all the fucking time. Uh, T. Ryder Smith is a trickster is fucking awesome. You, you have to admit that character is like, he's a thing, if that makes sense. Like he, you know who that character is like 10 seconds into it and you kind of get behind him, even though he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, especially the part where he leaves him alone in this room and he just fucking destroys the whole thing <laughs> for no fucking reason. Yeah, fucking. Well,
3: I just like that he's, and this thing I noticed <sighs> is he had to go down and talk to, was that when the police show up? i think franklin jello shows up and he goes down to talk to him and uh you see Trickster is just like yeah okay and then he grabs the remote turns on the tv and sees that three stooges is on and then he does this weird thing where he just settles in to watch it and for some reason the camera just lingers on it but his performance is so good yeah because he just kind of sits down in the chair and then you see him just lean back in the chair and then he like adjusts himself so that he like sinks even further into the chair and I was like oh this is a guy that's just like what is this oh three stooges oh yeah I'll settle in to watch this it's such a weird moment it doesn't do anything but for some reason just watching him perform I just was like that's awesome
1: Yeah. also I'll tell you what I and I feel like you guys uh, go a different way with the end of the movie because you're skipping over the fact that there's kind of like a double fake out at the end of the movie. Yeah, where the credits start to roll and the trick your trickster's voice go, "Oh, it's not over yet," and you see the dog dig up the foot. And I've always thought the insinuation is, is that he's still in the game, that he lost, but he's just reset back to the end of the first disc, basically. So he did kill that guy. He just
2: hadn't killed his best friend yet. Uh, I think that that end-credit sequence is just an end-credit sequence that makes no sense. That's what I think. They they thought, oh, that'd be clever and fun, but it doesn't actually do anything. Like I
1: said, I've always interpreted it mm. as the game's still going.
2: He just thinks he's
1: out of it.
3: Honestly, I didn't even know there was an end-credit sequence.
1: It's not even an end-credit sequence. That means you didn't watch the credits at all. It's It no. happens literally ten seconds into the credits
3: no i mean i watched as it works maybe i got distracted i completely missed it
1: yeah that's all it is you, you just hear the trickster he says it's not over yet in like the screen like shatters yeah. and it shows that german shepherd dig up the foot and go running across the yard with the foot
3: yeah
2: yeah but i think it's i think it's just a a 90s style stinger that has nothing to do with anything that's my turn i don't think it's meant to be part of the plot Ooh
3: well to, also,
2: prove my, to prove my point i've opened the wikipedia page and that scene is not included in the plot description so
1: right.
2: i assume that this are you, is judging, are you
1: judging the accuracy of something off of wikipedia because that's not a good idea
2: that's well yeah but it's proving me right currently so it's 2018 <laughs> the best evidence is the evidence that proves me right i believe is the official <laughs> policy of our times i don't
3: know you're not wrong or,
2: you're more american than you think sir. <laughs>
3: Uh, I guess we should add on that because uh, his horror club got shut down by the principal uh, who then tells them that he if they want to continue he has to review anything they're going to partake in to which Edward Furlong gives him the game we see the trickster materialize behind the principal and kind of laugh so where does that sort of fit in
1: then? See, once, once again I think the
2: insinuation is that the game's still going hmm uh I just I just disagree with that. <laughs> and like, no, yeah, like I think at the end he gives him the, he gives him the game and the idea is it's just like that's his, I think that's the happy ending, right? I'm going to torture the teacher that won't let me have my horror club.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. The ending still bothers me.
2: The, the, most, uh, the most nitpicky complaint I have about this whole thing is they shut down the horror club because he's showing all these like big gory movies about it. But yeah. then in his room he's got all of these like posters for these like classic horror movies like rider of Frankenstein* and a, *The Incredible Shrinking Man* and stuff. Like he could just show those movies to his horror club, and the school would be fine with it. They don't have that much gore in them, so he could solve his own problem right off the
1: well, bat. Well, I there. mean, and, he only got in trouble for showing them *Death,
2: Death, Death*. Right. <laughs> do you guys know that clip that was that was air quotes *Death, Death, Death*? Do you know what movie that's from? No, it's been bugging me. No. Uh-uh. I have No idea. Confident, I've seen that clip somewhere else, but I don't know where. And it's, I'm probably not getting any sleep tonight now.
1: Yeah, you, yeah. Edward, for a yeah, while.
2: I would agree with you guys that the ending's weak. I guess
1: I, I, interpret it differently, obviously, but which, which softens the blow a little bit. But I think it cheapens, it cheapens that if, if it really just ended with him getting shot, it would be better.
3: Oh, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a good ending either, but. Actually, okay. I no, think
1: that... it would be even better as if he gets shot and then they show it flashback and he's just like dead in the chair or something like that. And the game just like seizured him to death.
2: Yeah, that would be a better ending. Yeah. Like the whole because the whole like thing with him getting shot, I, like, is that he sneaks into the girl's room. Trickster is trying to make him kill the girl. He successfully fights off Trickster in like, a very Freddy Krueger type, like, I don't believe in you, so you can't make, control me anymore. Hmm. Then he doesn't kill the girl. Then the guy comes in, and he's like, murderer, and he kills him. And it's like, the only evidence you have that he's a murderer is that he's a teenage boy that's stuck into a teenage girl's room. <laughs> that's that's not enough to shoot well, a guy on. Well,
1: that's that's not true. He also got DNA out of the um, fireplace and matched it to the kid's blood type because he's all positive and that's super rare.
2: Oh right, because the cop yeah. breaks into his house.
3: And, yeah, breaks into his house illegally.
2: But it's it's literally like the evidence he has to go on. Like he he's full on. This guy must be the killer, and it's the evidence he has at that point is the kids at school think he's creepy. There's well, some ashes in his fireplace, and he called his best friend on the day his best friend <laughs> was killed. It's like, well, that's not like what Dude. is this guy? One of the West Memphis three investigators like why is he jumping to the conclusion that he's a killer at this point?
1: To be honest, at the same time, if you didn't think it, it was that kid, like you're a bad cop,
2: because <laughs> it's clearly that kid. I, I, no, I, you know, I, I actually completely disagree with what you're saying there. My, my whole point is, just because he's the weird kid, that's not enough for cops to just assume he's a killer. He's literally, he's like, he's the one that made the call to this house, yeah, and, to his best friend's house, and then lied about it. And then when a cop answered the phone at his best friend's house, he panicked and hung up. Like, I don't know.
3: Yeah. I don't disagree with you. Um,
1: But
2: Edward Furlong, and he's just shady. That dude's shady as shit. Again, all of that gets wiped out by the ending, which I hate more than I hate all the things I'm complaining about right now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> also, in typical uh, 80s, 90s movie fashion, he's filming the girl next door naked. <laughs>
3: oh,
2: yeah, really. that That is a super weird thing, because it's supposed to be like a romantic storyline between the two of them, because they can see each other from their bedrooms. So. That yeah, could I, uh, be a I cute... I like the justification that they're like, no, it's okay that he's filming her naked, because she's super into it. She's well, into and it, she, she's and then she's, she's taking taken, pictures yeah. of him. Which means she's a creepy fucking weirdo too. Like honestly, like that that could have been so sweet and innocent. You could have had like a teenage boy looks out the window and he can see the girl next door, and then she looks over and she sees him, and he's like, "Oh, I don't want her to see him looking at me." And that could have been like a cute little flirtation thing. And then they bring that giant video camera into it that he clearly keeps set up just for that purpose. And then they make her into a weirdo too, and it's like, no, no, no. Now you're both just you should both be sent to psychiatrists to deal with your <laughs> voyeurism problem because if you can't control yourself enough that it, it's, it's weird it's also weird how she's like totally into it when he's filming her and it, I don't know those are un- clear, clearly underage actors like I yeah. calm, down, calm down with the way you make your movie
1: <laughs> uh, she's, she's totally into it and then he's like hey do you want to go out sometime and she's like oh no, no that would be fucking
2: weird it'd be weird if we went out just go back to your window
1: yeah, just go back to videotaping me while I slowly change my clothes in front of this giant picture window in my teenage girl's room, which
2: any parent would, of course, allow. It's, it's weird shit, too, like, because when she's changing, then what she's changing into, like, it's supposed to be night and they're getting ready for bed, but she's not changing into pajamas. She's changing into some, like, halter top thing. <laughs> like, what's going on there? She's changing just for his benefit? It's not clear.
3: Probably. It's like oh i'll put this halter top on and then i'll shut the lights off and put my real pajamas on
2: by the way before listeners write in and tell me i'm wrong about fashion i readily admit i don't really know what the term halter top means <laughs> it might be used be wrong Do you a halter top
1: is one of the ones that the it ties around the back of your neck i don't
2: know does that make sense I, when i said i don't know what halter top means i didn't mean I really want to know, and I can't figure it out. No. Now you <laughs> fucking know. Go fuck yourself.
3: Just means you're supposed to take for what she changed into as a halter top, and that's all Doug cares about. <laughs> yeah.
2: My point is that's not what you change into when you're getting ready for bed. That's all I know. Yeah, I get. Maybe it is. Again, I don't know what teenage girls sleep in now that I'm thinking about it and saying it out loud. I, maybe they do. I don't know.
3: <laughs> yeah, so I don't think I mind... I minded the uh the ending for this movie when uh when I was like in high school watching this cuz I'm just like oh look he got the cute girl next door and he gets his horror club back he gets a revenge on the uh stupid principal ah uh-huh. but now yeah now that I'm older I'm just like well that's a stupid
1: teenagers thing. rule adults drool yeah
3: <sighs> fuckers so we disappointed we never got another brain scan of the movie with the trickster.
1: Man, it would have been a cool movie to have a, a sequel to, especially since it's one of those movies that the sequel probably could have been better than the <laughs> original movie.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I'd want a direct sequel to this, but it, bringing back the trickster character would be fun. Yeah. Like you
3: wouldn't one made nowadays where Fat Edward Furlong is playing his Nintendo Switch and the uh, trickster <laughs> pop up Oh,
1: my God. I'll tell you what as much as I don't like Edward Furlong's acting, if they were like, we're making Brainscan 2 with Edward Furlong, I'd be like, oh, I am going to see that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like my sheer curiosity is not going to let me not see that.
2: Yeah, front front row, baby. You know that that's not being played anywhere that has rows, right? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> by so front think- row, you mean your couch. That's, that's where you're watching that one.
1: Edward Furlong lazily wheezes his way across the room to stab somebody.
3: Uh, stop running! Stop running too so fast!
1: Uh. Hey, God damn it! Uh.
3: I gotta smoke some crack before we go to the next, next scene.
1: It sound like what's what's the uh, the old comedy horror movie with the uh, the killer that's wheezing constantly? Is that student bodies. Yeah, student bodies. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we got one piece of feedback. Our good friend Brian watched a, another uh, batch of movies, so you can write in and let us know. Hey guys, so I got me a new batch of first time views for the Halloween season. First, I watched Sinno No Evil. That movie sucked ass. The one with Kane? Yeah, I like the first one. The second one I, I, I,
2: I enjoyed it when I first saw it, but it's been since whenever it came out.
1: It's yeah. uh I would I would call it it's it's like a decent generic garbage
2: if that makes sense. Like Yeah, totally. I like generic garbage. So. It's
3: not groundbreaking, but it's yeah. It's slasher movie.
2: I seem to remember there's like a scene where he like has a hook with it on a chain and he just throws it and hooks it into somebody and pulls them back to him so he doesn't have to walk <laughs> all the way over there and kill him himself.
3: Yeah. I respected he's, that. He's the efficient slasher.
2: Get over here. I remember being disappointed in the sequel.
3: Oh, I thought the sequel was terrible. And yeah, I was disappointed it, because I'm a fan of the Saska Sisters and I'm just like, this is not good.
2: It was Saska Sisters and it had Catherine Isabel in it, like it was all set up for me to enjoy it and then
3: Daniel Harris?
2: Right. I feel like
1: I feel like budgets and attention have not done the Saska Sisters well. Yeah. Because I think they're very, very talented filmmakers, but since they've started like getting a lot of money to make movies, I don't feel like they're making as
3: good of movies. Well, I want them to go back to making their own stuff. They were, they told us back in the Drunken Zombie days when we were talking to them at a convention, told us some of their ideas for uh, one of their movies they wanted to do, and it sounded awesome. And they've done like these, uh, the Sea of Evil 2 and whatever the other WWE movie is. And now this uh, Rabid remake. I'm just like, whoa, go back to doing your own stuff.
1: In which it sounds like the Rabbit remake's a WWE movie.
3: Uh, It's not, but it has former wrestlers in it, yes.
1: I feel like they're getting too deep in the wrestling.
3: Yeah, I don't know what that's all about.
1: They need to get the good wrestlers, yeah. like Batista.
3: <laughs> I know. Did anybody ever think he would be the good <coughs> actor that would come out of wrestling? Right. I sure did. Um, Alright, so Brian continues. Nothing worth saying about it, even though we just said a lot about it. Uh, just don't watch it, which I would disagree with. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. Uh, next, I watched this little gem called Mad Ron's Previews from Hell. It's on Netflix right now. and a great time watching this one. It's a 1987 film, quote unquote. That's nothing more than 90 minutes of late 60s and 70s exploitation and grindhouse movie trailers. And I gotta say it's a hoot. Don't ever use the word hoot.
2: Um, oh, he's the only one that says in feedback. Don't lecture him, but his feedback.
3: <laughs> it's feedback. That's true. Uh, another perfect movie to have on at a party or having buds over for some beers. High recommend. Um, I would recommend the 42nd Street Forever series, of which there's five. It's nothing but trailers, as you just said.
1: I would recommend any fucking trailer movie because all those trailers...
3: -hmm. Uh, Next was another super. (laughs) Next was another good, another super duper low budget movie called Skinless, and I mean low budget, like two thousand dollars low. It's your run of the mill doctor finds cure for illness and treats it on himself, and shit, it's the fan movie i read it's a mix of fly 86 and the incredible melting man but i've never seen the latter so i'd say it's got a hollow hollow man vibe to it um yeah the acting isn't great but they did the best they could with their budget it's decent gore and it's quite sleazy so it's worth a watch i believe that is a dustin wayne mills movie who did uh, puppet monster massacre which is fantastic uh, he does a lot of like exploitation movies now which I'm not a huge fan of but I hope Monster Massacre was awesome um, next I checked out Spider Baby yeah. never never seen it but it wasn't bad it was a little tamer than I expected but for being a movie from the late 60s it had some elements that for the day were probably pretty dark uh, I think Spider Baby is awesome yeah, I, I, I like
2: that one a lot too I was thinking about rewatching that this week. I didn't get around to it.
3: Now you have to watch it next week. Maybe I will. Uh, Hatchet 2 was next. Really liked the first one, and this was a slight sub down, but still good. Was bummed that the Prime version was only R-rated, not unrated. So I'll have to hunt that one down. Uh, I was not a big fan of Hatchet 2, but I did enjoy Hatchet 3. Didn't I enjoy liked all it. the
2: Hatchin movies like when I saw them and I haven't gone back to rewatch any of them. They're just, they kind of all melded together in my brain as just this generic slashery type stuff, which is yeah. again, something I can usually get behind. So.
1: I don't believe I have seen a single one of the Hatchin movies.
2: Oh.
3: Well, you may have to, may have to change that. I really like the first one. I think the first one's just a nice fun throwback.
1: What, what, year, what year was the first one?
3: Two thousand, okay. No. yeah, it's
1: Because uh, there's uh, an old, there's an old eighties movie called like Hatchet or something like that, right? Oh, that's got uh, a really similar title.
3: Maybe. <coughs> uh, but yeah, this is Adam Green movies, and uh, I enjoyed the first one. Sort of a fun throwback to the uh, creature slasher type stuff. Yeah, uh, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah.
1: super supernatural slasher
3: yeah um, which I'm a big fan of and so I really like the first one it's it's weird I feel like it's in every other movie series for me like I really liked the first one did not enjoy the second one really liked the third one and then the newest one Victor Crowley I wasn't a giant fan of but was just happy to see that they were making more hatchet movies I guess uh and brian says last for now is green room that movie scared the shit out of me (laughs) just an absolutely fantastic work of art one of the best i've seen in a long time uh that's it for now also great picks for the next episode gives me an excuse to check out the final girls also just finishing listening to the latest episode and i'm about to be blacklisted here halloween three season of the witch is by far my favorite of the series don't get me wrong. The first is amazing. The season just has this creepy ass weird vibe and Tom Atkins mustache. And I love it. Must watch every year. Doug probably hates me now. Yeah,
1: I do. I think, I think it's unfair to uh, even include it in the rest of the series. Cause it's
2: still I agree with that. I just, I also just like the movie as a standalone film. Yeah.
1: Well, that's, that's just cause you don't have good taste like us, Doug. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Hey hey, hey don't let me into this.
1: <laughs> I wasn't referring to you. You're not included you in my royal wee. <laughs> <laughs> Stay out of my we,
2: Brian.
3: Uh I do like that he really like Green Room though, because Green Room was awesome.
2: Yeah. I just had I, a, can... I had a fun experience this week where I recommended Green Room to a guy I know that's like a real film fan. So I got to mm-hmm. have like that perspective where it's not a guy that would normally enjoy like over the top violence and stuff. He, yeah. It was. He came back to me, super excited, and had really enjoyed it. So I was happy with that.
1: I have Green Room on Blu-ray, and I still have not watched it.
0: Well, oh. get, your, get
2: your shit together.
1: I don't know. Yeah. I, it's weird because I just haven't like. It's got a lot of things in it that I like in movies.
2: I just haven't sat down to watch it. I'm not sure why. Yeah. Come Stop on. Going on cruises all the time and watch Green Room.
3: Patrick Stewart is a white supremacist. Like, how could you go wrong? I think,
1: that's, I think that's the problem. The reason why I haven't watched it is because I love Patrick Stewart. I don't want to see him as a hateful fucking Nazi douche. You know what I mean?
2: You understand he's acting in the movie and that doesn't make him <laughs> a bad person in real life, right? I know it doesn't, but I love
0: him.
3: But you should watch it to enjoy him uh, parlaying his craft because he does such an amazing job. He, I feel like watching him in that movie, you could believe that people would follow what he's sort of talking about because he's just so like matter of fact and sort of charismatic that you're just like okay I can see how people could, could fall in line behind this guy even though he's saying horrible horrible things
2: well that's the thing with him is like he's got that natural leadership type charisma to him that's like that's why he was believable as Picard or as Professor X right is you understand why everyone would listen to what he has to say and then they just kind of turn that on its head and put all this hate into his mouth and you're like oh like it's working now too that's not good
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. No, I just watch it enjoy it and then go watch the videos of him with the uh, pit bull that he fostered for a while and then you'll be okay all right. Well, Doug, did you watch anything this week?
2: Uh, not much. I rewatched the original Halloween, which is clearly the best in the series, and nobody would ever argue otherwise. <laughs> um, I, don't, I mean, what am I going to say about it that hasn't been said? It's a masterpiece of filmmaking. It's the use of the visuals and sound to create a great atmosphere is absolutely perfect there was one the one thing I noticed this time watching it that I hadn't been impressed by in like my thousand previous viewings (laughs) is a very simple scene where Lori is she puts the kids to bed and then she's trying to get a hold of her friends and she can't so she Mm -hmm. walks over to the house and I, I don't know just because I have i've analyzed every other scene in the film and uh, this was the one i had left but i'm watching it happen and i'm watching how long it takes her and it's it's a john carpenter movie so it's got that the wide lens shot and it follows her walking the whole time it doesn't like cut to her just getting there and it really it's so symbolically you've got her leaving like the innocent house with the kids in it walking over to the the sin house where everything goes wrong And therefore putting herself into the the danger the classic like if you become one of these people you're going to get killed by the slasher type thing but then you've also got it does a a fantastic job of just letting you know that this hey look the whole street's empty everybody else has gone inside for the night and they don't say that or they don't have her looking over her shoulder and seeing an empty street it's just that wide angle you can tell there's nobody else around and because it follows her so slowly as she walks down the street it really creates this sense of distance between the two houses like she's really not going to be safe when she gets to the new place she can't turn around and go back and i was really impressed by that and i, I don't like i say i i've already probably on different podcasts talked about every other scene of the movie <laughs> that was the last one that i hadn't sat and thought about so I did and I'm like holy (laughs) shit it's great too (laughs) so every
3: scene in this movie is fantastic
2: it is it's just yeah like it I don't know
3: it is funny taking taking a director who at the time hadn't really done anything maybe done like assault on pre-c-13 and stuff but and it's just like well here just I don't know make this like B slasher movie that like no money and just you know make something we can throw up at uh at a drive-in or whatever and then he like takes all that it's like okay and then turns in like this amazing like slasher movie that yeah you could go frame by frame and sort of analyze everything and be like holy shit like look look at how they set all this up look how amazing all this is
2: well it's it's great too because it's like watching it now is particularly fun because it's this amazing transition film it clearly builds on what came before it the opening kill is an obvious tribute to Psycho and the use of the sound to kind of like to kind of throw you off and make you feel all weird so that the next thing just seems creepier than it really is that's like what Toby Hooper was doing in Texas Chainsaw Massacre and, you know and it's like all this stuff and then it sets up all these rules that then became the rules for slasher films throughout the 80s and it's like it's really cool Watch it just as as a a film nerd and just be like, wow. And then, like, say, the cinematography, the music, the music obviously is like the most iconic music in horror movie history. Second, maybe to like Jaws, if you count that as horror movie music. It's like, it's fascinating to watch this movie and to just be drawn in by it every time. And though I watched it once a year since 1988,
3: like, it's. Yeah. Uh,. Oh, you were talking. Continue.
2: No, uh, that's. I mean, that's it. I mean, the movie's yeah. perfect. I didn't have to watch anything else this week because I watched that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so really, that's it.
2: Yeah, that's it. Oh, Jesus. What did you watch, Noah?
1: Uh, I watched a couple things. Uh, I watched. Uh, oh God. Hopefully, I get the title of this movie right because there's too many movies, similar title. Great Outdoors. Oh, well with Johnny Candy and. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Fucking one of the greatest vacation movies of all
2: time. That's a really funny movie. I watched it like a few months ago and I remember thinking, like, I didn't expect it to still be funny. It really is. The The
1: end, whenever they shoot the bear in the ass with the lamp gun, is way <laughs> that, more funny than it fucking deserves to
3: be. It happened to me like a year ago. Like, it was just starting on cable. And I'm like, ah, oh, Great Outdoors. I watched this in forever. Haha. <laughs> I'll watch like five minutes. I'll find something else to watch. And then next thing I know, yeah, they're shooting the bear in the ass with the, the lamp gun and the roll credits. I'm like, well, I just watched all that and it was fucking hilarious. So.
2: I love the fucking raccoons.
1: Yeah, the raccoons. <laughs> and Dan Aykroyd plays the best like fucking bastard relative. <laughs> it's just, yeah. oh, it's so good. That whole movie's good. And it's John Candy.
3: I miss John Candy so much.
1: Yeah. It's sad that we never got to have like movies with old John Candy playing the funny
2: grandpa. Mm-hmm. That is sad. I hadn't thought of that until just now. That's yeah. well, well. There you go. He would have been. He would have been great at that role of like because he could have even transitioned into doing like kid-friendly movies <laughs> for a while if he wanted to. That would have been.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh. yeah, because I definitely see him. Because I mean, in the. Uh, in those movies he was the dad he was still funny but he still had to sort of be like in charge but yeah he could have been the old grandpa where it's like well parents said we're not supposed to do this but i'm your grandpa so we're gonna do it anyway and then hijinks ensue like that would be fantastic
2: yeah he'd have been perfect because he has that like even though he's in these movies where he, a lot of times he's doing kind of bad things he has that kind of innocence to him that kind of comes with being like a lovable grandpa character doesn't always yeah. seem being a father
1: <laughs> where's your hand between two pillows
3: <laughs> these are <our> pillows,
1: pillows. <laughs> but yeah great outdoors it's on amazon prime if you haven't watched it in a while rewatch it it's still fucking fun It drags, I'll tell you what, parts of it drag, because a lot of it's that weird, like, you know, they throw in that weird romance Mm. angle for the sun for no fucking reason. Yeah. But but that's just, I mean, that's a product of the time. And then I went out to the theaters and I saw uh, Venom. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I would call it a solid C+. (laughs) plus. Mm-hmm. Um I think they they fully fucked up on a couple things. Mm-hmm. Um not having Spider-Man, but but we'll skip over that nerd rage for just a minute. They needed to fucking decide between one of two things. That movie either needed to be an R-rated violent movie or It needed to be a fucking PG movie for families. Like, A or B. There's no fucking trying to play this in-between shit. Don't fucking work. And so, instead, what you got is all the violence toned way, way, way fucking down to the point where they're trying to make these guys scary, and they're not scary, because like, he's biting someone's head off and there's no blood. It it comes off as, like, cartoonish and stupid, you know what I mean?
3: Totally, which is why I didn't want to watch it.
1: But then the Venom character cusses through the whole fucking movie, which I don't necessarily have a fucking problem with, but if you're going to make it a PG movie to try to bring in more people, don't fucking make a movie that if I took my fucking nephew to see it, I would get in trouble for it, you know what I mean? Because he would go home fucking cussing up a storm because this fucking character is, is cussing like a fucking sailor through the whole fucking thing. And not in the charming Deadpool way, but just in the, like, pandering fucking stupid way. And, and there's only... And out of all of those weird profanity jokes they try to throw into it, I think only one lands. Because there's a part where, like, the Venom suit tells Eddie Brock to do something. And you think he's gonna do it, and the next thing it shows is them like going down the building in the elevator, and you hear the Venom suit goes "pussy," which pretty fucking funny. But that, but that's it. Like it ain't, it's not worth it. It's not worth uh, any of it. I, I don't fucking get it. Like, like I said, I think it, it ended up just being okay. It's not a family movie. It's not an adult movie. So it's a movie for like 14 year old kids who think that cussing is the funniest thing on the planet and that's your that's your entire audience so good luck with that
3: yeah i had no interest whatsoever and as soon as the reviews started coming in i'm like oh good i'm glad i don't have to actually go see that (laughs)
1: like i said i don't think it's as bad as some people are saying it is it's like the the acting's not necessarily bad and the action's pretty good it's just, you know, a mindless movie. And if you're down with a mindless-ass superhero movie, I will tell you this. I will almost, almost forgive that entire fucking movie for the after-credits scene. Almost. It's real close. Because yeah. that after credit scene gets you real fucking excited.
2: Yeah. Is that the Into the Spider-Verse clip?
3: No.
1: Oh.
2: What is the after-credits scene?
1: Um, uh, it's really spoilery, but... uh, yeah. I will say it's the Woody Harrelson scene.
2: Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, I don't know. My concern is just that if the, they're teasing sequels, but if the sequels are going to look like this looked in the in the previews, I'm probably not going to want to see those either, right?
1: Well, and, and I'll say this, though. I don't think it looked bad. Like, I obviously the cgi could have been better if they were doing like a marvel budget but but they don't have a marvel budget so i can forgive it i thought i i thought it all looked pretty good like i said i i just felt it had an identity issue where you can tell they filmed a rated r movie and at the very last minute somebody said nope it's gonna be pg-13 we need kids and they were like, should we take out all this profanity? And they're like, no, too late. Just edit all the blood out of the movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I think that's like that's what bugged me about the trailers was it looked like they weren't committing to the character. It looked like they were trying to make it generic. And I don't want to take my time to go to the theater to see generic.
1: Yeah, and I, the, the other mistake they made is like, part of the thing that makes the Venom character in the comic book interesting is that, like, the suit and Eddie Brock kind of bond over this mutual hatred of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. You know, because Eddie Brock hates Peter Parker and the suit hates Spider-Man, and so they kind of, like, that's that's what makes them so united. And then eventually they get past that, but, but there's this whole issue of, you know, the the suit being kind of a rage monster for a long time. It, in the movie, instead, they bond over the fact that they're both losers is the big reveal, which is fucking stupid. Yeah, it's just dumb. Fucking, yeah, it's fucking stupid. And I, I know that's kind of a spoiler, I guess, but it's fucking stupid. It's a stupid spoiler, so who cares that It's a spoiler. <laughs> where the suits all of a sudden he's like well what made you change your mind he's like well I didn't tell you this but on my planet I'm also a loser and it's like oh fuck you (laughs) fuck you and fuck your movie it's almost it's almost Martha bad (laughs) almost it's not it's not Martha bad because that shit is some next level fucking bad writing shit (laughs)
3: But it's close yeah no thanks
1: yeah, it's just, it's all not done well. Like, characters change their mind about stuff, and there's no, like, good justification for it. It's just, in the previous scene, they were X, and now in this scene, they're Y. Y, and there's no... no reason. There's no character growth. They just go, oh, nope, I changed my mind. Now I'm a hero. Now, now I'm doing this thing.
3: <laughs> Dumb.
1: Yep. And I was thinking we were going to get four bad symbiotes, and you only get one. Wow. So that was also bullshit. I mean, even the cast lists off people as these characters that don't show up in the film, so once again, I don't know if it's a thing where they edited them all out.
2: Hmm. Oh, it seems like it's just annoying.
1: <laughs> yeah. It is absolutely worth watching it on Netflix whenever you don't pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we'll see. I spent. I went to a matinee and spent five dollars, and that might have been just a wee bit too much. <laughs> if I had bought a Coke at movie theater prices, I'd be angry. <laughs> <laughs> How dare they?
2: How yeah, dare they? I don't know. It's just. I just feel like it, it's this movie is just like a lot of other studio movies where they just they're not willing to make a commitment to make a good movie. So then why should I make a commitment to watch their movie?
1: Yeah.
0: It's one of those like,
1: things. They they don't understand the character. They haven't read the fucking comic books. They don't give a shit about people who want to come see their movie. So why should anyone give a shit about what they're doing? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I don't
3: know but
1: yeah, I, if they make the sequel with woody harrelson in i am going to go fucking see it because i fucking love woody harrelson <laughs> and he looked really good that after the credit scene i'm telling you he looked real fucking good i was like yeah because mm. they even put him in a terrible wig to make it look like the character that he's playing i dig it
3: yeah.
2: so, is it spoilery to say that I believe this is the third time during the podcast somebody got excited about a character with giant red hair?
1: Ooh.
3: <laughs>
2: Bringing
1: it back. But that was that was it. That was all I watched.
3: It's a sad watch. <laughs> <laughs> I was just mean.
1: But Listen, it's a fun. comic book movie. It's in the theaters. I'm going to go fucking see it. I've went and saw every one of those goddamn X-Men movies, and I hate them, and I can't stop myself. Because <laughs> I I just, I have that faint hope that it's going to be good. And guess well, what? I'm going to go see Dark Phoenix, and it's going to fucking suck.
3: See? I don't mind the X-Men movies, but I admit some of them are not, not good, but uh, like Venom, I just have no interest whatsoever. It's it's
2: I, I think I, I think I'll never get my head around the idea that it's been a Venom movie without Spider Man in it. No. Yeah, that'll, Makes no sense. The whole every time I see something like this happening I'm thinking just let Marvel have the character. There's mm. potential for a really good movie there. Just let Marvel do it. They're doing it right. They would do you, it correctly. You know what the funny thing is though, is I don't
1: know if uh if you gave Venom and all those characters to Marvel, I don't think Marvel would use them.
2: I think Venom would get to a Spider-Man movie for sure.
1: You think? I don't think so. I think they would would find a way to skip right over Venom and do Agent Venom, which would still be cool. But it's a totally different thing.
3: See, and I feel like where they left off in Infinity War sets up a perfect reasoning to give Spider-Man a black suit to spin it off into a Venom Something or another.
2: I also yeah. feel like that Spider-Man wears a black suit in the next movie because there have been set photos leaked.
0: <laughs>
3: that it's, is not, also, it's not. It's not a proper true.
2: black suit, though.
3: <clears throat> also true. Um. All right. Well, I watched a couple of things. I watched a movie called Out of the Dark. Either one of you ever seen this? Out of the
2: Dark. It no. Sounds familiar. Title but sounds know. familiar, but I don't.
3: Know. <laughs> so it's a movie from. Oh, this is this is useless. I don't know. It was on Amazon Prime. It's from either the late 80s or early 90s. Uh, so there's a guy in a clown mask who calls up a phone sex line and basically starts stalking these women from the phone sex line and killing them one by one. Uh, I feel like this was one of those movies. It's like, we're going to make this for Showtime and uh call it a thriller so that we can have lots of naked women on screen and then uh have a guy in a clown mask kill him and that's pretty much it well, it's not super great is <clears throat> the sort of thing where uh our main character is a photographer so of course gives us an excuse for him to take pictures of all these ladies with their without their clothes on because they're in Hollywood and they all want to be actresses so of course they all need headshots which means at some point they take their shirt off for no reason even when he tells him not to. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. The clown mask looks creepy as hell, though.
3: Uh, yeah, but it, it's not when you see okay. it like on screen. Yeah. It's like, oh look, this guy went to the spirit Halloween store and bought this clown mask.
2: There are some black and white pictures of it on the IMDb page that just make it look scary.
3: Yeah, it's not, and pretty much most of this movie is like makes no sense whatsoever. Um, like they have specifically set it up where, for some reason, we gotta track. We gotta track down. Uh, we gotta track down whoever this killer is. So we think he might come after her next. So let's set her up at her house with a, uh, uh you know, like the the call routed through her house for whatever reason. And then when he calls, we'll trace the call, but we won't be in the same house as her. So then, of course, we find out that he found a way to call from a payphone and leave a uh, cassette player playing the whatever he's saying and, of course, sneaks into her house and kills her with <laughs> no police around it for no reason whatsoever. Um, not great. It's not great. But Karen Black is in it and... Uh, i was kind of excited to see her she actually did a pretty decent job she's sort of like the one who runs like the company of the phone sex people um yeah i don't know not great but it was amazon prime so it was essentially free uh the other movie i watched is for some reason i've never seen this but i i've watched uh they had it on sale on voodoo for five bucks, and I'm like, well it'll cost me like three bucks to rent it. Or I could just pay five bucks and own it. So I watched uh Tales from the Hood. Nice. Which I had never seen before.
2: I've actually never seen it either, I don't think.
3: I always thought for some reason I don't know. I just never really thought it I don't know if I thought it was maybe not as spoofy, but like like a Wayne's Brothers movie for some reason. No. And I hated those, like, don't be a menace to Southside while drinking your juice in the hood or whatever that stupid movie was.
1: I'd call it, it's a super toned down, black exploitation anthology.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'd say that now. But I think that's one of the reasons why I never saw it. I just thought, oh, it's probably a little, leans a little bit more on the Wayans Brothers side, which I did not really want to do. Um. But I don't think I loved it as much as other people seem to. Like, everybody kind of drools over this movie. But uh, I did have a good time watching it. I thought it was pretty decent. The uh, It is, yeah, like you said, it's a sort of a, uh, yeah, black exploitation anthology horror movie, which is pretty good. Basically just a horror movie anthology from more of, like, a black point of view produced by um, Spike Lee. So... obviously I mean you get three different stories and it's sort of set around this guy at a mortuary who's explaining how each person in these coffins died and there's some pretty good ones Uh, you get to see David Alan Greer in a non-comedic role which is more terrifying than I thought it would be he's just a really abusive fucked up like stepdad who just beats the shit out of people and I'm just like nah but come on you're David Alan Greer you're the you're the brother from, uh, Blank Man. Like, you're hilarious. And he's not in this movie. Uh, one of them has, uh, killer voodoo dolls, which is pretty awesome. And they go after, uh, Corbin Burnson from, uh, Major League.
2: Wait, so the, the voodoo dolls are killers? Like, they get him walk around, he doesn't use the voodoo dolls to kill?
3: Yeah, there's a whole, uh, explanation that, um was it the house he's living in because he's like running for governor or something um and the house he's living in used to be a plantation or something where something where slaves lived and the uh this old lady who lived there made these like voodoo doll type things and every time like a slave died like their spirit would the the story was that their spirit would go into these dolls and there's, like, this big mural painted on the on the wall. And, of course, Corbin Burnson's Corbin basically, like, a white supremacist. So he fucking just says all kinds of racist shit and says he's just going to paint over the wall and stuff whenever he gets elected and all this stuff. And, of course, as he's – as shit starts happening, like, the paintings on the wall of the dolls start, like, disappear. And, of course, that means they're out, like, running around – doing killer doll type stuff Uh, yeah it was good I think it was one one of the better segments so overall I'd say it's worth watching I just know like a lot of people are just like oh my god it's so good I'm like yeah it's alright it's not like creep show level or anything but I mean it's pretty good Um, I know Tales from the Hood 2 which just came out is on Netflix but I have not uh, watched that one yet And I guess the only other thing I really watched is I started watching uh, The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. And I am loving that show. Oh, yeah. It is creepy and just. It's got a really good atmosphere to it. Yeah.
2: Getting a lot of very positive reviews online. I've been wishing Mm -hmm. I had time to get to it.
3: Yeah, it's uh, Made for TV by uh, Mike Flanagan, who I'm a big fan of who did uh, uh, the last one? he did was like Gerald's Game on Netflix. Right. Um, did that movie Hush. And he did the second Ouija movie, which was actually pretty good. So yeah, he did an awesome job with this. I thought, so like I'm only about halfway through and I think so far it's been really good. Um, and then uh, the other cool thing is apparently the entire show there's hidden ghosts throughout it yeah so there's ghosts that don't really play into the plot but it's just like there could be just a creepy silhouette like standing in the corner somewhere because the the hill house is supposed to be like the most haunted house and so it's awesome they'll just be in the background somebody will be walking through the frame and they'll just be this weird thing off to the side that you can barely see and you're just like oh fuck that's a fucking ghost and yeah apparently it's they're like littered throughout the entire show. So That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been enjoying it. I actually am probably gonna try to watch an episode before I go to bed. Uh, but yeah, there's been some creepy stuff in it. So good so far. I'm excited to see how uh, how it goes, and I'm wondering if they're going to uh, try to turn this into like another season or not. Could to be weird. But we'll see. So hopefully uh, Hopefully it'll still be good by the time I get there watching it, but I've only heard good things about it, so can't wait to keep going. Yeah. Um, uh,
2: hopefully I get to that one so we can talk about it. It's, it yeah. looks pretty cool.
3: It's good. I really like the structure. It's basically uh, about kids who grew up in this super haunted house and how that sort of fucks them up as they get older. Um, so it goes back and forth between current day and From when they were kids living in the house and pretty much each episode so far halfway through um, each episode focuses on one of the kids because there's five kids total and so you'll see some of the same same uh same things that you saw in some of the other episodes but you'll get to see it from that character's perspective and i think uh, they did a pretty good job so far so like I said, excited to check out the rest of it. Hopefully it stays good. So,
0: Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine
2: pictures we've scheduled in the near future.
3: Uh, Doug, do you want to tell everybody what we're doing next week?
2: Yes. We are going to be doing the 1982 movie, Trick or Treats. And the second movie we picked was... <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I just want to let everybody know that I cut our discussion of what movies we were going to do from the beginning of this episode when we decided.
2: Yeah. 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 Already we
3: Between the beginning of this episode and now.
2: Yeah, that's fair. So why don't you tell us what we decided? It's the, it's the second film in a series. Oh. <laughs> uh, was it Night of the Creeps, too? Is that what we are going to do? What? No. No.
3: <laughs> Night of the Demons, too.
2: Night of the Demons too. Alright, you guys better write that down for me somewhere.
3: <laughs> I wish there was a Night of the Creeps too. but I would totally watch that.
2: Yeah, there isn't even a Night of the Creeps too, is there?
3: No. You just made something up that I wish was real now.
2: <laughs> well, if they make it, we'll do it on the show.
3: <laughs> Somebody get Fred Decker on the phone.
2: No, if Fred uh, Decker is going to be making sequels to his 80s movies, he should be working on the Monster Squad.
3: That, that is also
2: true. If you throw the name Fred Decker and I can give you his filmography, but I can't remember what we talked about at the beginning of the show.
3: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he did Monster Squad. I mean, basically, RoboCop 3 ruined his career. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Good Lord. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we're doing yeah, two movies that. That, are, that are set on Halloween night. Yeah, Because uh, this will come out right before... Or that episode will come out right before Halloween.
2: Yeah, it'd be. I think it's like the 29th when it drops. So, yeah. or we can listen to it instead of trick or treating this year. Yeah, totally. They aren't in your country doing a thing where they ban people who are over the age of twelve from trick or treating? Oh,
3: Jesus through? Christ! Yeah, <laughs> I've been Just, seeing articles. I've been seeing articles that they're like passing laws, but a lot of people are saying they're not. they're never going to be enforced. I'm like, well, well why see, you even
2: uh, pass them then? I don't have a lot of faith in authority when they go, we're going to make this law, but trust me, if you're not doing anything wrong, we won't force it on you. I don't, I don't trust authority figures to do that. So,
3: Yeah.
1: I just, trick or treating is awesome. I don't give a fuck how old somebody is. No.
3: Oh. I
1: I people... If a 90 year old woman shows <laughs> up at my house on Halloween wearing a Spider-Man costume, she's getting a fucking Snickers bar.
2: Like if if that away. happens at my house I will go to the store and get her a full size I'm going to keep that in the house because I don't expect a 90 year old woman in a Spider-Man costume to show up but...
3: <laughs> you ma'am need to get in the car with me <laughs> we got to go to the store I uh yeah I don't care Like I've I've had like 12 year olds show up even not wearing a costume and I'm just like here take candy,
2: candy like, it's you want to see that ringing the doorbell
3: It's easier just to give them candy and have them go away than to explain to them for 10 minutes why you're not going to give them candy.
2: Yeah. Plus, I don't want to be that douchebag, man.
3: No. It's Halloween.
2: I mean, that's one step away from being the guy that gives out fucking toothbrushes.
3: Oh, Jesus. That's a good way to get your house egged.
2: I think, like, I'm pushing 40, and I think if I found out that one of my neighbors was giving out toothbrushes, that I would. At a minimum, give some eggs to some kids and kind of direct them in that area, or possibly go throw them myself. It's just wrong.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. People are stupid. It's like if kids, if they just want to walk around and get candy from people's houses, who cares? Don't, yeah, don't make stupid laws that then, like, if we have an asshole like chief of police or something, is going to make. Police officers in force, and then that's just a bad time for them.
2: You're gonna end up with a 13 year old kid getting shot for trick or treating. That's what's yeah, gonna
0: happen.
3: Pretty
2: and much. Just like, just don't do that. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna try to run away because he's worried about getting a ticket for trick or treating above age or whatever. No. It's
3: like I'm 13. I shouldn't be trick or treating. I better run.
2: 13 well, year olds don't always make the best life decisions. So. No. Yeah. It's a Bad time.
3: What are you going to take uh, little Lando for out for Halloween? What is he going to be dressed up as?
2: Uh, we're working on it. I'm trying to get him to dress up as a shark. Because um, then I'm going to follow him around playing the Jaws music the whole time. <laughs>
3: but
2: I'm not putting money into the costume until i he's 100% on board with wearing it. I
3: uh, gotcha.
1: I thought you were going to uh, dress up like What's-His-Face. And that way, every time the lady goes to take a picture of me, you can go, SMILE, YOU SON OF A BITCH! <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's not a bad idea, either.
2: That's so fun. My original idea was that I might dress up as Quinn, but... Oh, yeah. Realistically, I'm not dressing up as anything at all. but the kid in a costume. But...
3: Just got, like, a denim button-up shirt and fake mustache and a hat.
2: Black eyes, look at those eyes. <laughs> Well, at least I get to carry a beer everywhere I want.
3: That's right.
1: You can also
2: dress it? up like a shark
1: and then just be a pain in the ass. And whenever people say, Oh, you're a shark, you're like, No, he is the <laughs> shark from Jaws, and I am the shark from The Last Shark.
2: <laughs> Notice how realistic mine is because I look just like the one from the movie.
3: <laughs> All right, here you go, Doug. If you want to be super, uh, super uh, gross about it you can dress up as a shark and then he can dress up as a shark and people can ask and you can tell him I'm Jaws and you point to him and you say he's Jaws part 2
2: oh I'd have to kick my own ass if I walked around <laughs> saying
3: that <laughs> uh, <sighs> see I think that'd be good you get lots of parents like "Oh," and then while they're distracted you just steal their candy and run yeah
2: what's the other problem I have is like I can't let the kid trick or treat too much because then I'd have a kid that's on sugar running around my house and he's dead
3: well no you, you have him trick or treat a lot and then you tell him you have to inspect it and then you steal like two thirds of
2: it you're all good yeah my kid's too smart for that he figures it out
3: every time <laughs> I put something
2: up high all I do is teach him how to climb better it's <laughs>
3: <laughs> what are you doing though? are you dressing up your cats and taking them out
2: uh,
1: probably not
3: I'll no. Sit
1: here and hand out candy.
3: You gonna dress up as something and scare kids when they come by?
1: I'm not read through the old box. I don't have enough money to really like uh, go crazy on a costume this year. Mm.
3: Is it because you you went on a cruise? It is. Yes.
1: Perhaps you should
2: it should get is. your priorities together here.
1: Yeah, I really should have thought about that. Maybe next year the cruise ought to be in November. <laughs> now way I can spend all my money on. Uh, Halloween shit, and then like go to go on the <laughs> cruise and be like, "Oh fuck, I'm broke."
3: <laughs> shit, just
2: drifting around <laughs> a cruise, picking up people's leftovers. You shouldn't have spent so much on that damn mask.
3: Please remember to
0: replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say good night.